Every student is unique. Every student learns differently and every student matters. This is Idea Exchange, the future of K-12 education series, brought to you by Macmillan Paston Smith Architecture. Welcome to our Future of K-12 Education special three-part series with a focus on truly creating innovative environments for students today. In this series, we'll explore how good partnerships and a shared commitment can have tremendous impacts on students. We are focusing these discussions on a new regional education and training center known as the Continuum in Lake City, South Carolina. One of the many unique aspects of this facility is that it was developed in collaboration between the Darla Moore Foundation, Florence Darlington Technical College, Francis Marion University, and multiple school districts in the area. The center offers opportunities to students that no one of these public institutions could accommodate alone. The building's design embodies these organizations' shared missions, which is to provide college and career paths to students and to drive this region's social and economic success. The continuum is open, inviting, and draws from this area's agricultural past, but it is also dynamic in its use of light, texture, and material. Interestingly enough, this facility was an abandoned Walmart, but today you would never know it. It would not be possible without the buy-in and collaboration from many of the people you will hear from in these next few episodes. In this episode, you'll hear from two K-12 school superintendents who have used their partnership with the Continuum to offer their students workforce development training and college dual credit in an expanded way that this rural region of South Carolina has never seen before. My co-host Michelle sat down with them to hear about how it all began. Dr. Laura Hickson has been an educator for the past 30 years. Her positions have included classroom teachers at elementary and middle school levels, assistant principal, principal, director of accountability in federal programs, assistant superintendent, and currently superintendent. Dr. Hickson has served as a superintendent for Florence County School District 3 for six years. She earned a bachelor's degree in elementary education from South Carolina State University in Orangeburg, South Carolina, a master's of education from Cambridge, principal certification from the Citadel, and a doctorate from South Carolina State University. Dr. Hickson also serves on school and district accreditation review teams known as Cognia. Dr. Hickson is the proud mother of two adult children. Dr. Hickson, thank you again so much for agreeing to spend time with us today and talk about Florence County District Schools. We're so excited to have you and to host you here in the Continuum, a facility which was built to, to support your students in your school district. And um, I'm just really excited to be able to spend some time with you Well, today. thank you for the opportunity. I'm so excited to be here today. Great, great. I think it's so interesting that you have grown up in this area and that you attended you attended Florence County uh, Schools yourself and you raised your children in this school district and now you are educating the students of this community. I'd like to I'd like for you to talk a little bit about um, that experience and and having grown up here and having returned here um, as an educator and a leader for the district. And I'd like for you to maybe talk about what has changed over that time since you were a student, then since you were a parent and an educator, and now that you're a leader in this district, what has changed the most over over that period of time for you? Well, growing up here in Lake City, um, I grew up in a poor um, household. Mm -hmm. There were um, eight siblings. 
Um, I am the oldest girl of eight um, with my parents. Um, my father did not um, complete third grade because his mother passed away at a young age. So he grew up working on the farm. And my mother um, did not go past the 11th grade. Mm -hmm. But even though my parents were not educated per se, they knew the value of education. And growing up in my household, my dad, um, number one, we were not allowed to use the word I can't. Um, that was just not part of the vocabulary that we were allowed to use in the household. Mm -hmm. So we grew up knowing that we can do anything if we try, if we um, get an education. And even though he did not have that education, he always said to us, if I had the opportunity to receive the education that you can today and that the young folks can today, I would be a millionaire. So I knew that education was important. And I knew as I grew up and became um, a mother, parent of two, um, I knew that um, how important education um, was in our household and how important it was to change the trajectory of um, my entire generation because I was a first-generation um, college student. Wow. So I knew the importance of an education just to change um, that trajectory. Um, my father always said, your zip code does not define your destiny. And as an educator today and now leader, I use that philosophy mm -hmm. um, with the children that I encounter today. Um, I want them to know, first of all, that they can do anything if they apply themselves. Mm -hmm. um, number two, just being in the role as an educator for now almost 28 plus years, I realize and I know the importance of education and how important it is to ensure that every student has that opportunity. <laughs> I, I love that you share that story with me. And I know that there are others that have similar stories. Personally, I have a very similar story. My father grew up poor in the Philippines and same, you know, valued uh, the education and knew yes. that if he could um, start a family, come to the United States, start a family um, and, and, and provide an, a means of an education for his children that he would become successful. So, so I love that story. Thank you for you're, sharing it, oh, sharing it with us. Yes. Um, what, and, and so was it, was it clear along your trajectory, like uh, for you to come back to Lake City? Was that always a goal of yours or, or did something else happen to help you um, be like, okay, well, I've, I, I need to go home. I need to help my hometown. Going away to college, I knew I wanted to serve. Mm -hmm. Um, originally, I was going to go into the medical field. Oh, wow. Okay. And um, had a teacher and instructor in college my um, sophomore year mm -hmm. who said, um, you should go into education. Um, there was a research paper we were required to do. And I did my research paper back then on the impact of parent um, environment, the household, mm -hmm. on student achievement. And I was looking at the, um, the family dynamics, single mm -hmm. family homes mm -hmm. and their achievement, and then two parent homes and their achievement. So even back then, I was looking at 
how do you um, look at the dynamics and how do you ensure, regardless to where students come from, that they're successful? Mm-hmm. So um, I think just having those type of experiences, um, those type of adults along the way that um, instilled education and the importance of education um, in my life mm-hmm. um, has um, allowed me or contributed to what I do today um, as a leader in Florence School District 3. Right. It has long-ranging impact. I mean, Absolutely. I, I can think of teachers um, and educators in my own history who, who really helped shape the trajectory of my career and, and where I am now. You mentioned the structure of a single family in a, in a, in a um, normal parent, two-parent household uh, and informing uh, the development of children. And I know that um, you, you do have a focus on child development. Um, you know, can you talk a little bit about um, why that's important here in Florence, uh, Florence County um, for this community, the, the importance and the focus on early childhood development? Yes. Um, here in Florence School District 3, um, it's a high poverty area. Mm-hmm. Um, in Florence School District 3, we have eight Title I schools, and we only have eight schools. So all eight schools are Title I schools, Mm -hmm. which means um, we have high poverty schools. We have a number of our students who come from single um, parent households or households where they are being uh, reared by a grandmother or grandparent. Mm -hmm. But, um, and as a result of that, um, programs and some of the policies that we put in place are in place so that we can address those um, the, the students and make sure that they are successful when they come to us. I just recalled a few years ago, uh, maybe about five years ago, so mm-hmm. about five or six years ago, I um, did a survey with some high school students, mm-hmm. and um, the questions um, asked were... Um, some of the questions were, um, do you see yourself in college one day? What career mm-hmm. do you see yourself in? Just, some, you know, things about education and their future. Right. Well, to my surprise, a lot of the students did not see themselves going to college. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, it was almost as if college was not attainable for them. Mm-hmm. So after seeing that survey, um, it was important um, for Florence School District 3 to put practices in place, intentional practices in place, to ensure that we were addressing and changing that perception um, out there of um, not thinking they could go to college. Wow. So what, what were you able to do specifically to put that change forth? Was it just implementing a program with the counselors in the school? or We did involve the counselors, Mm -hmm. but one of the things we created um, back in um, 2014-15, we created a college cohort. Mm -hmm. Um, This was an intentional program that worked with the students on um, careers, where they are researching careers, they're researching colleges, And they're actually just doing all of the research so that they know the possibilities out there. And then as a result of that, then we've started to um, not just be um, concerned about the achievement gap. Because, yes, there is an achievement gap. 
But I think um, that gap is because of the opportunity. There's an opportunity um, gap. And here in Florence School District 3, a lot of our students, they don't get out beyond um, Florence School District 3. Mm -hmm. And I think that is one reason why this facility, the continuum, has just been an asset for Florence School District 3 and this community. Because now we don't have to um, travel to mm-hmm. Florence or um, or beyond Florence for students to to experience the college um, atmosphere. Right. It it has um it has decreased or bridged that gap. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. That's great. So now we have more students who are taking college courses. Mm-hmm. We actually in 2020 graduated our first cohort. There were ten students who graduated not just with their high school diploma, but they actually graduated with an associate's degree. Wow, that's great. um, So we're really changing lives, but it's because of the facility like this where we have Francis Marion here as well as Florence Dollarton Tech. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's wonderful to hear. How many of those students who have been graduating out of your schools um, stay in this area and how many go off for more education and come back. It just, it seemed like they, they do come back, you know, it seems like the community wants them to come back. Absolutely. Right now I don't have the data to Mm -hmm. support how many are actually coming back, but I do know that there are some coming back Okay, because we recently hired a couple Mm -hmm. of um, graduates Mm -hmm. back into the school district. Mm -hmm. Um, as a result of having programs like the welding program and machine tools, right. mm-hmm. we actually have employees in the area that are already gravitating you know, gravi- toward this yes, area, gravitating to students who are, they're just waiting for them to graduate. Wow. wow. So um, just by having these opportunities, um, I think in the future, we'll start to see more um, our workforce develop more in this area mm-hmm. and that, you know, the current um, students will come back and be citizens here. Right. But mm -hmm. I don't have that data right now. Oh, no, I completely understand. um, You know, I've talked with um, other leaders around the state in small communities who um, who have stressed that importance of educating our own students to become the next generation of workforce, to continue that longevity of and continuance of community for people not unlike you, you know, Mm -hmm. who grew up in the same grew up in the hometown and came back to to help it thrive and continue. Uh, it, it certainly um, speaks to the difference of reinvesting in yes, your community, absolutely. in your people, yes. rather than, you know, um, having people come from uh, out of the area and, and utilize the jobs that are available. It's great to, to have that reinvestment back absolutely. in the community. I'd like to just talk a little bit about some of the other challenges. You've talked a little bit about the challenges for students in the Lake City area, but I know that uh, the 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 dynamic of the community is one where uh, the challenges abound on different levels for students. It's not just getting them to school, um, getting them to take the appropriate courses, getting them to realize their the college you know is is could be a path and an aspiration for them. Um, you know there are other challenges that exist in the community, and I know that the continuum uh, affords a way for adult education. So um, can you talk a little bit about some of the other unique challenges that face Lake City um, and maybe how they're how they're being addressed? 
um, for this particular community? Yes. I think some of the challenges um, that we see that come from the community is the emotional, social emotional um, challenges mm-hmm. that um, that our students face. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be from a parent not being employed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, during the pandemic, several right. um, households they lost loved ones. Mm-hmm. So it's a number of reasons that they are facing these social and emotional issues. Or um, so what we're doing in Florence School District Three to um, support our families. Um, not just our students, but the entire family mm-hmm. is providing that social and emotional um, support. support. Um, we actually hired um, additional social and emotional counselors this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our mental health counselors. We um, partner with the PD Mental Health so that we are trying to um, just make sure that we address those social, emotional, and mental um concerns that um, we're faced with. That's incredible. You know, we, we talk a lot, we've talked a lot in the past about how schools have to do so much more Yes, these days. Yes. And you know that firsthand. Absolutely. And I really do believe by having this facility here and allowing the community to actually take courses here, mm-hmm. once you start to educate um, more of your um, citizens, mm-hmm then you're going to see less um, crimes and less violence and, right. and, and those type things. Absolutely. So. Right. That's great. Well, thank you so much again for sitting down with us and talking with us. Um, it's really been wonderful to get a glimpse of, of uh, your efforts here and your leadership in Lake City. I'm going to close with one more question. You obviously have been leading um, for a great deal of your career um, in education and, um, you know, your working mother. I want to understand um, what inspires you day to day to, you know, it's a hard job that you have um, to make decisions, to keep your staff motivated, uh, to remember the students are, are first and to harness all these resources so that you're providing for an entire community. So um, is there something that you do um, on a daily basis or on a regular basis that helps you recharge and keep that inspiration and motivation um, high so that you, you know, pursue success? In your- I think just being around the children, mm-hmm. um, when they start to share their successes, mm-hmm. it, it, it recharges me. Um, when they share, for example, some of our students that are enrolled here, mm-hmm. um, we actually have the Ethans and um, some of our students who are in the welding program or in the machine t- tools um, program. When we start to hear them say to us, this has changed my life, then it's worth getting up every day to continue to change lives. Right. Absolutely. Well, that's great. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you again so much um, for sharing with us today. It was a true pleasure um, speaking with you and, and, and listening to your stories. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Neil Vincent is superintendent of schools in Florence County School District 2. Prior to this position, his experience includes district director, principal, assistant principal, and teacher. Dr. Vincent has earned degrees from East Tennessee State University, Converse College, Clemson University, and the University of South Carolina. 
He was also part of the original planning effort for the continuum. Well, Dr. Vincent, thank you again so much for agreeing to be part of our Idea Exchange podcast and talking with us today at the continuum. We're so excited that you've made time for us. So I appreciate that. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. So you have... um, You've played many roles. We were just talking about uh, your role as, a, as an administrator. You've um, been in education for many years as a, as a teacher, as an administrator, as a principal, and now as superintendent. So um, how has that, that breadth of experience, how have those years um, in different roles within education um, helped you in your role now uh, as superintendent in leading the community and the students of Florence District too? Well, I think each opportunity has given me um, an advantage. Um, I started as a teacher, of course, and then I worked as a teacher and then worked as an assistant principal in the upstate and then became a principal and then a director. So I've had a typical progression, if you will. But each mm-hmm. position has given me the advantage of understanding multiple positions within um, the di- school district. And before I uh, moved into education for mm-hmm. the time I was 14 until uh, my first year uh, teaching, I worked in fast food. And so okay. I have the operation side of fast food and also and customer it's, it's service. Exactly, customer <laughs> service and uh, cleanliness and all. So um, I worked with the same um, group, um, McDonald's out of um, Garden City or Myrtle Beach. And so okay. I had great owners and operators, and they set a great example of how to effectively run a business. And mm-hmm. so um, I do think, again, being a teacher, and I was a career technology teacher, and so I taught uh, business and marketing mm-hmm. and, uh, of course, all that comes with computer science and those other areas within the business of marketing umbrella. Um, but uh, every position I've had, I think, has prepared me uh, for being a superintendent and understanding each position, how important that position is for um, a great school district. Right. To, to, to help support a great school district. You right. have that advantage of having uh, been exposed and possessed different perspectives of all those roles you know, right. that, uh, that, that function within a district. Right. What have been the biggest challenges as you've been that, that you've seen a superintendent, um, you know, as, as you've been here in Florence County? Sure. I think in Florence, too, our biggest um, issue is our size. We're small Mm -hmm. and we um, have a large portfolio and just um, it it costs more Mm -hmm. to offer opportunities in a smaller um, area. And so making sure that our students have the same advantage as all students in the county across the the country. And so that's where we look for shared services or looking for an opportunity to work with a larger system. And so the continuum is a great example. I mean, it didn't start out in my mind the same way. I mean, I was looking for a shared career center. I came from the largest county and the, um, I'm sorry, largest school district in the county Mm -hmm. with uh, Florence One and moved to one of the smallest or second Mm -hmm. smallest in the county. And so making sure our students have the same opportunity. We have a great career center on our campus um, and we have um, six pathways that you can choose from or six areas of multiple pathways within those six areas. But I was looking for other opportunities and we tried to offer a dual credit on our campus. So when I first arrived, we offered English and math and um, science. We Mm -hmm. um, worked with the teacher and the teacher got a master's in biology and was able to offer dual credit. So with the dual credit, we were offering multiple dual credit in addition to business and marketing, um, auto tech and then electronics. And so many of the programs that you see here, we were trying to offer to our students. Um, but as far as paying for those um, opportunities, it was quite expensive. And so mm-hmm. we were looking to share with um, other districts. And that's why the Continuum is a great example of 
a small idea that turned into a, a larger um, solution, a bigger solution than I could imagine, ever imagine. That's great. Have you seen the um, interest in the student enrollment in these particular programs increase or just the buzz? I mean, has it helped um, spark interest and in you're finding that enrollment has has the numbers have increased? Great. In the general studies that are offered by Francis Marin, yes. Now, some okay. of our current technology, we've actually decreased because uh, the students have to travel. Sure. And so, mm -hmm. for example, our electronics, we were averaging 20 but we were only able to place five or six here. So mm -hmm. I think you look at that data and you go, why? And it was the same teacher. The teacher came over to teach electronics here through Florence Darlington Tech. Mm -hmm. um, but you look at why, and I think it had to do with travel time or being reluctant to come to a dual credit opportunity um, mm, gotcha. because this is a dual credit opportunity as a college. Mm -hmm. And so making sure that students are prepared um, and the fact that they are aware that it is at a dual credit level, but it is a manageable level. And so that's right. what we're working on. Also, it requires more um, with the CTE courses here versus the uh, general studies. Now, general studies would be English, math, social studies, science, and so on. Um, and so with those courses, students are on a Monday, Wednesday, or a Tuesday, Thursday. And the continuum isn't um, Courses aren't meeting unless there's a lab, a biology lab on Fridays. And right. but with our CTE or current technology, the students have to come every day. So they're in welding every day for two sections or up until 11 o'clock every day, or they're in um, HVAC. And so making sure that students are aware that they need to have their high school requirements met mm -hmm. before coming to the continuum is also a reason possibly we reduced the number because we were offering two sections, but it was one for semester, one semester. It wasn't the whole year. Right. And so just looking at what is um, offered for to be um, a completer here or to earn a certificate in HVAC, um, electronics or industrial maintenance um, is making sure that students are, again, aware of a pathway. And so that right. we're working through that because this is only the third year. Right. And right. so you have to start in the ninth grade year. So our numbers have increased. So that's just an example of looking through our curriculum and looking at our portfolio of courses and going, well, this is what you're going to have to do in order to take HVAC at the continuum because right. it will take up multiple days and mm -hmm. both semesters uh, pretty much as a year long course. Right making sure the students understand the commitment and then are further ready right. um, to, 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 to juggle. To well, the plan, you know, the career planning, um, right. it makes sure what is it you want to do post-secondary and here's the plan right. to achieve that pathway. Right. And then are you able to further help them, you know, after they graduate, like help place them in some of those roles in the community, in the workforce? Almost definitely. And that's another advantage of the continuum is because workforce development is here mm -hmm. and working with the administration here. Right. And uh, so the placement is not an issue. We're just getting that's more great. interest, especially industrial maintenance with a title like industrial maintenance. A lot Sometimes our students think that may be a janitorial pathway, right. but it's more than that. It's, it's um, pneumatics and gears, and it's pretty much um, machine-type um, focus there. Mm -hmm. And so if I had my way, I would change the name of the course to something along the lines of <laughs> electronics versus industrial maintenance, but that's what the state calls it. And so right. make sure we educate students on what the what um, actually is. course mm -hmm. is, and there's 100% placement there. there. There are employers here in our area who are asking for um, students out of that program right. because they need um, machinists and um, repair um, individual people to do repairs right away on similar lines and right. 
manufacturing areas. Right. They know that the continuum and your schools are providing that resource, right. that workforce resource for them. So they track it. I'm sure. sure. Oh, yeah. It's a pipeline. And keep, yeah. You know, yeah. Having the pipeline and making that. sure students are aware of the pipeline is what we're doing now. So again, it's a refocus. We have more students. We weren't, we didn't have the opportunities or the equipment that obviously is provided here mm -hmm. and the collaboration that we have with um, the Dartmoor Foundation, Francis Marion, Florence Darlington Tech and the State Department of Education. Um, and so it's a very unique opportunity of making sure our students are aware how unique it is. Right. And that way they can get possibly two years ahead in their career goals by attending here the 11th and 12th grade years. Mm -hmm. So you, it, you talked about this partnership between these stakeholder groups. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how how do you think, and you've you've worked in other areas of the state, right. um, Garden City, we talked about Dorman in Spartanburg. Right. Um, how do you think that this can be repl replicated in other parts of the state, this spe special unique partnership, this agreement between these higher education um, entities, um, smaller, you know, school districts, business partners? I mean, you know, you have to have that economic um, support. But do you think that um, other areas of the state could benefit from a partnership like this? Most definitely. Other areas of the state, they have um, something similar called career centers or shared mm -hmm. career centers that are recognized by the state and they're funded by the state. So mm -hmm. I think our job as superintendents and as stakeholders here with uh, the continuum is making sure that this model is duplicated and doing all that we can to share with our peers as a success that we have. And we're still working on the trends I and mean, we have to get the trends together. But sure. um, to my knowledge, it's very unique. I mean, there are other um, colleges, technical systems, uh, in the technical system, colleges or technical colleges. And I'm sure there are other um, four-year colleges or two-year colleges doing something similar. But to my knowledge, it's not as unique as what is here. Mm -hmm. and, and it takes finances. I mean, that's right. why it's very important um, that we give the uh, thanks to the Darla Moore Foundation for Absolutely. providing this opportunity. I mean, right. it takes uh, making sure people are aware and put together on the same group and that ideas are shared and everyone has an equal voice right. and uh, sharing the ideas to um, create the collaboration that we have here in the PD. And who would think that it would be here in Lake City? I mean, right, you know, that's yeah. how I look at it. I mean, it's so mm -hmm. exciting that when I started seven, six years ago, uh -huh. uh, we were having these conversations and it was a vision by the foundation then. Right. And by Miss Moore, when I've met with her, that, you know, she was going to build a center in the um, PD in mm -hmm. Lake City. And mm -hmm. uh, if we want to be a part of that, we need to share services with Lake right. City. Yeah. And yeah. made it very clear. And then, of course, Dr. Carter and then uh, Dr. Dillard and then mm -hmm. Mr. Um, Pate. Mm -hmm. Both with the technical system have right. provided this great opportunity for our students, and it's a win-win for it everybody. Great. Involved. It's great. We're, I mean, we're so excited, really, because of that collaborative vision, you know, right. um, that came together. Let's talk a little bit about that uh, when you all were forming the vision mm -hmm. for the program. Um, it, you know, obviously, the stakeholder group came together, um, had multiple meetings. They listened to the community uh, for the needs, you know, to to really pinpoint the workforce needs. Um, was there any? There was there any? Um, were, were there any challenges when when the ideas were forming from the community? Was there any pushback, any skepticism? You know, I mean, to you and me who operate in, in the education realm, this is like a no brainer. Of course, right. we see the success. But um, but sometimes, you know, it takes it takes some some massaging of the message. It takes, um, you know, to cross the aisle, if you will, for for skeptics or people who aren't sure. Right. You know, if it's really required. I don't recall. I think selling it to our school boards that we're going to send, mm -hmm. we're going to bus students, we're going to provide a bus and they, or right. they can drive. And that was not new to me. I've worked with a regional career center in the upstate as a 
teacher and administrator. And so that wasn't new to me or even in Florence one as a director of secondary education and then um, as a principal. So I was used to a regional career center. But right. if you think about a rural area, we mm-hmm. in Florence two or Florence five, we provided the career and technology courses or the dual credit courses that were on our campus. Mm-hmm. Our students had the opportunity to go to the main campus at Florence Arlington Tech, but that was a 40 minute ride one way. Right. And so right. once they graduate, it's 40, 45 minutes. I mean, they have to, but in high school, most did not take advantage of that. So I thought sure. it was very important. I became superintendent to pull the dual credit courses and take teachers we had on staff or get teachers credentialed. Uh-huh. And so that was our first um, way of filling in the gap, but to mm-hmm. have an opportunity to have larger classes and share resources made more sense. Um, and again, it cost us more to try to do what we're doing here now. So with our school board, right. it was easy to sell because I could go, hey, we'll pay all the students tuitions. We probably won't be able to cover books. We'll cover some books as we can with grants and other allocations, but uh, we'll cover all the students' tuition and it'll be cheaper than the dual credit courses we're offering on campus. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't hard to sell, but then there also was some concerns about, well, we have a school resource officer. Does the continuum have a school resource officer? And we sure. have administrators we know. Does the continuum have administrators? And uh, they don't. They don't have a school resource officer here and they don't have a school administrator dedicated to them. Mm -hmm. Um, But they do have a supportive um, faculty and staff that was handpicked by the presidents of the institutions who provide the courses here. Right. And so there's a lot of time, I think, in selecting the right teachers and the right courses and having the right counselors here and making it a very supportive environment. Um, The unintended consequence about having the center here is sometimes we don't see our juniors and seniors as often because Mm -hmm. they come here. And they come on Fridays and they meet here. It is mm-hmm. rare that uh, many of them will even come on the campus. Now, we're fortunate that athletics, they're still involved with athletics as far as participating, mm-hmm. uh, which is common for a small rural school. And because we have um, many teams that you, it's rare you're cut from a team. And so right. if you want to participate in athletics, you can. Yeah. Um, and we still see athletic, um, see the students' athletic events. But during the day, they would rather come here. And so that was one of those, which we require a course be on campus so we stay connected right. as we've done before in previous districts that I worked in, or do we just let this be their new school, their choice their school. Their new and home so school. This is their yeah. new school where either, yeah. of course, have to be enrolled with us to benefit right. from dual credit and for accountability reasons and all and testing and all. But, um, and they have their core that they will receive. But once you get to your senior year, it's possible for you to come here full time. Mm-hmm. And so we may lose um, the day-to-day interaction, but sure. the benefits they receive here in Fark sees the uh, traditional right. or the traditions of a high school student. Right. So I think that was a selling point for some parents too, mm-hmm. uh, was, okay, I want my child to experience all the traditions that I experienced as a high schooler when we're saying, okay, well, they, they can they still can. experience those and come to homecoming activities right. or pep rallies or sure. after school activities or participate, but this would be their new school if they want it to be, yeah. or they could take an elective or another course on the um, campus is yeah. up to them, you know, whether it's on. Um, but the partnerships, too, between friends from across the county and across the region, because this truly is a regional um, campus. It's not mm-hmm. even just Florence County. Right. And so it's allow our students to meet other folks that they possibly wouldn't have met being in a small district with 325 students. That's and so, great. I mean, just the social interaction and getting to know more folks who are like-minded and um, academics, I think is very beneficial too. That's great. You know, you, you, I've, listening to you talk about, you know, the, the student's day uh, and it heart, heart, harkens back to when I was in school, probably when you were in school, very traditional structure day, right. went to the same school, 
was there, did the extracurriculars, was there, you know? And so now you're talking, now we're talking about students who have the capability of having a homeschool, but having a support facility uh, where they may spend you know, some of their time and then eventually more of their time during their high school track. And then we also have virtual learning, which is another dimension, right. really, yeah. of complementing the entire um, school experience. And I didn't have virtual learning, right. you know, and neither did you. So the face of our education experience is mm-hmm. changing. Right. It's changing and it's even, you know, it's even changed so dramatically in the in the last two years. And I know that technology is important to your district and right. having the right technological support. Do you ever think about um, the future of, I'm sure you think about the future of education and the structure of these days, like our, you know, it, it's becoming hybridized, you know, um, how, how much more hybridized do you think it'll become like in 20 years? You may still be doing this right. in 20 yeah. years. I'll be doing this in 20 yeah. years. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A few more years until I plan to retire. Yeah. But, but uh, do you think it'll still be like a hybrid situation like this? Or do you think we'll be more, a little more scattered? Uh, you know, well, in, I think the pandemic taught us that students need social interaction. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All people need social interaction. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Mean, some mm-hmm. prefer more or less, depending on your preference. Right. But we discovered, I don't think, in my opinion, we always thought that there would be a virtual component that students would enjoy even down to 5K, 4K. And there are options in our state with virtual schools that are charter um, schools mainly. But right. um, we have discovered that most students prefer and parents prefer to have the social interaction at, at school with the mm-hmm. ones we were servicing. Now, there could be some homeschool choice that I don't know about, but most of our students prefer to be face-to-face. Mm-hmm. That's the preference. And we have a few. Um, currently, we have five in virtual school in a partnership with the Low Country Consortium. But other than those five, we don't offer any virtual unless it's through the virtual South Carolina program. Mm-hmm. And even here at the Continuum, there are courses that are virtually taught or online courses through Francis Mary. So we put out all of the different options and you pick and choose what's best for you. Right. And so, um, again, I think most of our students and our parents, especially with child care, Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times with the younger um, students, and not that we're the childcare, but right. childcare would be an issue if you were doing virtual. Sure. Or a grandparent Absolutely. may have to be there. And some grandparents are tech savvy, some are not. Some right. want to do academics, some don't. Mm-hmm. And so I think just giving the options of face-to-face, and that's what you have here at the Continuum. You can go face-to-face for certain courses. You go online. Right. Now, right. of course, a CTE, some of the classwork could be online, but you sure. have to have checkoffs. Um, right. And so you're going to have to have some face-to-face. Right. Especially and, for when we talk about and I know project-based learning is important. STEM learning right. is important in your district. And um, so much of that really has to be face-to-face and hands-on. It right? does. It really is. In-person, hands-on. So, And that's why you have a lab here on Fridays for the biology. Right. That's I mean, right. For example, you know, one of the few classes that we'll meet on a Friday here mm-hmm. would be the biology lab. So it's still important. And that biology class is taught face-to-face, but last year it was taught online. Mm-hmm. And the instructor actually was an instructor who used to work with um, our students. And then he... Um, moved out of the state, but continue teaching online. Mm-hmm. And so there's a component where you can teach certain items and topics online, but eventually you're going to have to be able to perform. Right. And so that's why it's important also to have a hybrid course where you do maybe the content online and then the labs fa- um, face-to-face. Mm-hmm. So I think that picking and choosing the, the choices that are there 
And I think having a larger partnership that we have here with the Continuum allows us to offer more Yeah. Um, versus what we're just able to do with 325 students. We're looking at right, approximately facility. Yeah. nine school, high schools, for mm-hmm. example, that are mm-hmm. here, uh, maybe nine or 10 now. Yeah. And the um, ideas of all of those high schools coming together with the Florence Arlington Tech and Francis Marion faculty and staff right. to make a great opportunity for all students in this area. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So in closing, um, I want to ask you one last question. You've you found some great stride and great success in being a superintendent. Um, and um, you were recently nominated as the superintendent of the year um, uh, by the uh, school board administration um, um, association. I want to ask what you feel like your biggest strength is as a superintendent and then how you recharge um, your your energy and your motivation to get up and do what you do day to day because you've been doing this a long time, but you look like a younger person to me. So you, I know there's a road ahead of you, right. and I know you will continue to influence uh, students going forward. Well, so I appreciate your kind words, but I think the recharge. I mean, just work with students. What's best for students? I mean, students um, uh, engagement, mm-hmm. student success is what we're here for. Is what drives us, what motivates us, but also uh, collaborating. Mm-hmm. I think that's why we have the facility we have here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a small idea, didn't realize there were other people with bigger ideas around. And mm-hmm. so I was just looking for a regional career center and never mm-hmm. really talked about dual credit, not involving Florence Darlington Tech or Francis Mary. In fact, one of the conversations was based off of penny sales tax and our penny sales tax here. It had a, it has a part that uh, the commissioners, which would be Florence Darlington Tech, could create a CTE. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to when I was in Florence one talking with a director who happened to be on county council. We were talking about a, a vision about having a, a countywide or at least a modern career center mm-hmm. um, serve a regional career center. So it's amazing how these seeds were planted years ago. And then here we are today. Right. Um, but just having a, an opportunity for all students in our area to experience um, career technology and um, higher academics or higher level academics with dual credit if they're prepared. Right. Now, of course, we're still offering radiation. We're still taking care of all students, but we don't want anyone to have a boring senior year. We want to make sure they have opportunities because once they leave us and go to the freshman year of college, there sometimes is an issue there mm-hmm. because they've transition. had a e- transition. Yeah. yeah. And so that transition sometimes becomes an issue. So making sure that our students have opportunities, we don't require yet. I mean, the state's looking at a math or um, English or mm-hmm. computer science a senior year. But this is an opportunity to provide those um, stu- provide students with those courses here in a higher ed model. And it saves money. I mean, I, I right. give you story after story. We have students who are now in their um, third year of um, college, college going on to yeah. get a master's degree because they're enjoying college, don't want to give up that fourth year, or some have been able to move forward in pharmacy school through a That's partnership great. with Francis Marion and, mm-hmm. Far- and uh, excuse me, University of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so there's all sorts of success stories we could share at a later time, but uh, I do wonderful. appreciate the opportunity to could share with you our thoughts on the success we've had with the continuum. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure um, hearing about them and learning about them. And uh, we're excited to be able to share them with our audience as well. Thank you, Dr. Vincent. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this in-depth series exploring how this new type of school in Lake City, South Carolina is redefining education. Idea Exchange, the future of K-12 education podcast series is brought to you by McMillan Pastant Smith. The K-12 studio at McMillan Passant Smith is focused on helping schools prepare future-ready students. Have a question for me or a topic you'd like to address? Please complete the contact form listed in the episode description.